The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Var City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Plenty to still sift over if you're still fuming from Sparty. Phone lines are open for you. We can get into it the next couple of hours and uh, regurgitate. I know it's something you want to forget. Many of you turned to barley and water. To forget Saturday night, we enjoy all of you who checked in on Real Red Reaction. We'll get into it. We'll look ahead to Northwestern. Some thoughts from Coach Frost. Kudos to Matt Sichterman for coming up to the podium and answering some questions. The offensive line under siege literally uh, the last two weeks and all season long. Special teams, the difference in yet again. Another football loss for Nebraska football. And the offense, you're putting up 21 points a game. Period. 21 to 24 points a game against teams that are G5 or Power 5. And then there's the defense. The defense who is doing everything but playing offense and special teams to get this team uh, at least competitive. Numbers to dial up. On a Monday with Hale Varsity Radio, 466 377 7680 so we'll get into plenty of it. Jack is going to start us off. Jack, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I live out in Vegas, so I stream you online. I appreciate uh, the information uh, every day. Being out here, it's it's hard to to see, you know, hear exactly what's going on. But I made a trip to East Lansing. A friend of mine is a, a alum of Michigan State. It's the first time I've actually seen the Huskers in person in over 20 years. And it was even more maddening in person than watching on TV. Um, it was frustrating. Um, the, the offensive line was frustrating. Um, the special teams, frustrating. Um, Adrian missing some wide open receivers was frustrating. But the black shirts were impressive. Um, and it was, it, there's, there's so many positive things that I see on that side of the ball and so many just maddening things I see in special teams and offense that I understand people's frustration, but I want to. I, I think we're close to turning the corner, but then in the next breath, we're not. I'm. I don't know what to think at this point, and you, I'm just you, confused. I'll say this, uh, Jack. You don't want to quit. 
<laughs> you you don't want to quit paying attention to Nebraska football. It hurts you a lot of Saturdays, but man, you feel like they're they're there and score wise, they're they're right there. But the question is really this, Jack: Is it going to get fixed and get any better? And we've been asking that question since Illinois. They've gotten a little bit better. They're trying. It's not like they they just said screw it. I mean, they're they're working on being a better program. They've looked better. They've been competitive against back-to-back top 20 and top seven teams. But when push comes to shove, you just wonder out loud or privately or to your buddies while you're throwing a beer in in East Lansing, how can this continue? And great. Here's here's where I'm. I just want to say this real fast, and and I'd like to, to see what other people think about this. I was surrounded by Spartan fans. And after the game, all of them were, were shocked that they won. And all of them said, boy, Frost is close. Frost is close. And my fear is, is that if, if Frost is blown out of here and they have to start over, where does it go from there? Is, at this point, I'm for, for let's give them another year. That's where I'm at. I, I, I understand that might not be a popular sentiment, but I don't want to start over. I, I feel like we're close. And I understand that could go sideways if it's another year, but boy, I, I just don't want to start over and go through another three or four years. You, you can't. You can't start over. As, as, as maddening as this can be for Nebraska fans, you're, you start over now or in December, you, you just, you're continuing the vicious cycle. See if they can actually finally get over the hump, despite your patience being worn thin, Jack. Appreciate the insight and you listening, buddy, out in Vegas. Appreciate your time. Numbers are open for you at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. So Jack was in Sparty. Why'd you kill your mic, brother? Kill your mic. <laughs> oh my bad. You're good. So we have we have more calls to get to. Listen, and and that's that's where Nebraska fans are at. Like, is it going to get worse? Is it going to be a situation where uh, you, you've given up? And it's it's one game, it's one loss, but it's another gut punch. It's another rip your heart out. It's another comedy of errors. And Elijah, when we talk, and we'll get to Pete here in two seconds. You look at Nebraska and. They're going to make changes on the offensive line, potentially. Okay. Is it going to be any better? Don't know. Can it be worse? Maybe not. I'll go through some of the pro football focus numbers on the offensive line in two seconds. There's got to be an alternative. And the thing I get back to is, and Coach Frost talked about this, and I'm glad he's spending time with the offensive line. As head coach, he needs to. I'm glad he's spending time in in the special teams meeting. The way they've rung him up the last three and a half years, he needs to. But did you just start doing that? Or did you start spending time with the offensive line after Illinois? Did you just start spending time with the special teams unit now that you've, you've kind of designated a non-analyst, an actual on-field coach is there? As head coach and CEO, you've got to root out the problems. It's your job. And we can get into the coaching discussion, too. We can get into the coaching discussion, too, because there's lots of issues and imperfections there. Overtime, 
you, you went to overtime after your starting quarterback got sacked. You've had 15 drives. Derek Peterson, Hale Varsity, an incredible article today. Uh, you've had 15 times with two minutes. Make that four minutes or less to go try and win a ball game in the Frost era. Okay? And you did it once. And you did it once against Northwestern. The other 14 times you've come away with no points in, in re- the end of regulation or overtime. And you can't preach no fear of failure without practicing it. And when push came to shove, you didn't go for the win. And I get trust. I wouldn't trust my offensive line to keep Adrian safe either. You got to risk manage. But when push comes to shove, you're not going full throttle to go try and win the football game after they just miraculously tied you at 20 apiece. So I think there's a disconnect there. I think there's a disconnect with what you brought in on the offensive line, Elijah, where it's, all right, let's get bigger and stronger on the offensive line like Iowa, like Wisconsin. Remember post-Iowa 2018, damn it, we're not going to get pushed around anymore. Well, Coach Duvall's done an amazing job of getting you bigger linemen. You've recruited bigger linemen. But you can't, you can't ask them to play like they're Oregon linemen when they're the size of Wisconsin and Iowa offensive linemen. From a, all right, here's what our guys can do versus here's what I'm asking him to do. Elijah, I want your take on the O-line in two seconds. Uh, who's up? We got Pete on the Pete, line. Pete's on the horn. Pete, thanks for calling. Thanks for letting me ramble. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Doing all right. What'd you think? Well, I think I think the head coach has got to start being a head coach. I think the offensive staff has got to get better. Whether that means changes or you hold them accountable. The defense has made progress every year. The offense is about the same as it was year one then he come. That's unacceptable. On special teams, I think you gotta get a special teams coach, somebody who really knows how to coach special teams. You can't expect a defensive uh what is it, outside linebacker coach to know special teams real well. I mean, there's there's definitely a gap. And it comes to a point where loyalty is fine, but the loyalty has got to be to the team first. Now, the quarterback missed a wide open, I mean, absolutely wide open tight ends for a good share of that game. They weren't even covering the tight end for about 15 yards after the linebacker. So, you you make some of those passes to the tight wide open tight ends. They got to change their defense. And they that they do, Pete. Let me ask game. you. Let me ask you this though: If you're Adrian, put yourself in Adrian's helmet for two seconds. This is my counter to that, and I agree with you. There were there were touchdowns to be had. There's big plays to be had, and I know Helfrich was drawing them up every replay on on FS1. But if you're Adrian, you're either taking the first guy you see open because you don't know if you're going to live or die in that pocket, let alone getting to your third option who may be a wide-open tight end because your offensive line's been that bad. So do you, do you wow. blame Adrian for trying to get positive yards versus I'm going to hold on to the ball for two more seconds. Oops, well, it's the end of the well, first half against Illinois. I understand that point to some extent, but you you have hot receivers. If we don't have any hot receivers to check down to, then that's a coaching problem. But how many times does Adrian hold the ball way too long and he, take sacks at the fair. end of the game? That's fair. I think. It's, I mean, I think right now if I go, I go, I go sixty forty seventy thirty uh, when it comes to penetration versus hanging on a, a play or two or a count too long. If I'm if I'm and, if I'm going to blame. 
And and I'll say one other thing. He needs to be coached that, that you hold the ball so long and then you just take off. You don't sit there and then hold it long enough to get a sack. You take off and try to get some yardage or, at least or throw, throw the ball away. out of bounds. Yeah. That's, throw, that's, throw, that's, throw that's coaching, away. man. That's my big problem is he doesn't throw it away. I don't think our coaching is there. That's what I'm saying on offense. If you really look at our offense, offensive line, if you look at our, our um, running backs coach, if you uh, offense is just we're, we're, we're not in Division I uh, Big Ten coaching. And as far as that uh, punt, you know, if you look at that, he was angled to the right, his body, but when he come down after he kicked the ball, his body was, was straight. So I just don't get how you can be fooled, how a kickoff team can be fooled that bad. Don't you practice or look at film? I don't think you I don't when think you see something different. Pete, thank you for the call, brother. Appreciate you tuning in and your passion. Elijah, you don't put, you don't put Cherney in. You don't put him back in. You, you benched him once. Pristep knocked a 28-yarder and a 7-yarder, and I know a drive before you had Cherney pin him inside the 9. But to, to me, and Scott Frost, and we'll get to some of Coach's audio, he talked about the fact that, okay, we, we, he knew where to kick. He knew what to do. I look at it as, as the, the detail of communication. If you had a rugby guy that doesn't know football, in, in, in Cerny, you, you say, look, kick it right. Well, is, when you say kick it right to my right, my right shoulder, which is where you're supposed to go with it, or as I'm looking at the formation, well, I, I, I kicked it right. <laughs> and it went to the, the, the second man back to, re, to return. I mean, it's, it's wild. Greg's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Greg, thanks for hanging on. No problem. Glad take. Uh, glad you're taking my call. Uh, um, I called you Saturday. I was at the game. Um, That's I was right. You were you were on the way in, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yep. And I sat thirty yard or thirty rows off the field at the twenty five yard line. And um, you know, I I haven't been the biggest Adrian fan. I know he tries hard and everything, but that dude is running for his life every snap. Yeah, I think it's more 80-20. I heard you say 70-30, but I think it is he is he is under duress and then when he does get a pocket, he probably feels like he's going to be under duress. So it was really bad in person. I got to see it. And then, you know, Michigan State sideline just appeared to be way more buttoned up to me and that's just my opinion. Uh, the other sideline, you know, they would work a little bit, you know, before the game, and then they'd chat and stuff like that. I mean, all the specialists and everything for Michigan State, every TV timeout were working on the sidelines. Their quarterbacks were throwing on the sidelines during every TV timeout. So they were engaged, yeah. staying ready. Yeah, and it, it, I didn't, you know, that's coaching styles. I don't get it, but I don't, I didn't see that on the other side. Remember, I told you Saturday it's easy to shut up the Spartan crowd. Mm-hmm. They were leaving by the thousands after we took the twenty to thirteen lead because we had dominated so much in the second half. And you were hearing the two thousand big red fans there chanting "Go Big Red," and everybody thinks this is over. I said to my son, I said, just wait. It's coming. <laughs> Craig, you, you're just like, oh, someone's going to come back from the dead here and right. and ruin right. it. 
Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. And then we're walking to our car. I'm seeing big big red fans actually crying. I bet you were. And I'm like, I was in shock. I just, but I, you know, I was I was in shock, but yet you kind of expect it these days. So I, I have no clue what the answer is. Well, uh, the well, defense is just studly. So they are. Greg, appreciate you, man. Thanks for calling in. And Elijah, jump in here. We'll get to, to more of your calls here. Open phones for you this hour at 466 3776 or 800 825 5865. Your take on the O line as far as change. We'll get to there. We'll get there in a moment. We'll hear for some, some Scott Frost commentary. A line open at 466 3776. But what do you put it on? Quarterback or line? when it comes to the, the cause of the sack. Oh, it's, it's on the offensive line nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten. There's the rare circumstance. Adrian's got pretty good pocket presence. There's the rare circumstance where he holds on to the ball too long, but it's on the offensive line. More your calls, more Michigan State reaction next. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. This game is really is testing our will to fight. I'm excited to, to see how this pans out next Saturday. But this, this, this adversity is tough. It is tough for the players. It's tough for the coaches. It's tough for you, the fans. Uh, more on Nebraska-Michigan State. That goes also uh, to the level of you can't make this bleep up. And that's the, uh, the immediate thing that came to my mind as we got into Real Red Reaction. Numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. can send us an email. We'll get to Ted's email in a moment. We'll get to more of your calls. But uh, is is change going to be good if Nebraska goes that route on the offensive line? And you're like, well, hold on, Schmidt. What are you, what are you talking about? We're, we're getting into the fact that your, your offensive line – got annihilated they've given up 12 sacks in the the last two weeks and it's been problematic it's it's hampered the offense you can't score points when there's no time for adrian to throw and think about this and that's what i i just couldn't get saturday night there's some folks complaining about adrian's performance missing people wide open adrian's afraid he's gonna get killed and he not dead with a you know with his jaw, so he's just taking whatever he can find. And think about the sack total. If we're talking eighteen sacks through five games, think about what the numbers would be if he's not going Houdini about six times a game. Think if he wasn't playing at the level he's playing at, Elijah. It, it's it's flat out incredible that a there's some criticism out there for Adrian. I know he's not been perfect. And I know there's turnovers that happen that, that are maddening. But his whole line play, I mean, uh, Sichterman uh, allowed one sack, four hurries, one penalty. Corcoran, two sacks, one quarterback hit, three hurries. Jurgens, one penalty, two sacks allowed. Hickson, one sack, four hurries, one penalty. Ben Hart, one quarterback hit, seven hurries, and one penalty. I mean, that, that's your starting five, and guess what's behind him? A guy in, in Brock Bando that hasn't played yet, but maybe is the option at guard. You've got uh, uh, a kid in, in Teddy Prohaska, who's a true freshman. 
that could be really nice. But that's your that's that's your alternative. Is is you turning to a true freshman to come in for a guy like Corcoran at left tackle? And and Brand Banks, I think his he might be a little dinged up, but you may turn to him at right tackle. And from a size standpoint, you can't move uh, Banks inside to guard. I mean, the guy who's playing the best is clearly Cam, but everyone else is getting well, hammered. I think you look at it, who's the only person with more than 10 games of starting experience is Cam on that offensive line. When you look at the offensive line, it doesn't seem to be a problem with physicality. Occasionally, the uh, the tackles are getting driven on um, whenever they're, uh, they're bull rushing. But for the most part, it's not a physicality issue. It's, it's between the ears. Well, it's, and then you got Piper at guard who's struggling. It's, it, it's, it's been eye discipline, and it's been just not physically wanting to finish your blocks. That's been the problem, and I, I think that'll come with experience. Uh, I don't want to be the guy that says, oh, patience with this offensive line, but I think we need a little bit of patience. Look at 1994, like the offensive line. It's a senior at left tackle in Rob Zadiska, a senior at left guard in Brendan mm-hmm. Stye, a junior at center in Aaron Graham, a senior at right guard at Joel Wilkes, and a senior at right tackle at Zach Wieger. And, Zach Wieger. and they, they all had two years of developmental time before they even saw the field. Different era now, and you're playing young guys. Jeff's been on hold. Let's go to the phones real quick. Jeff, thanks for your patience. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I guess I just want to say let's just tap the brakes a little bit simply because we have a Big Ten defense that's going to play with all the big boys in the Big Ten. Huge, huge plus. That's gotten much better. Our offense, I believe we went to the woodshed. I believe is what they called Michigan State. And I think we almost doubled them in offensive yards. So, obviously, our biggest problem is the kicking game. So, I Saturday night, I was extremely uh, despondent, I guess is a word for an old man. But, you know, today I'm really excited where we're at. I think we're just on the verge of something really special in the second half of the season. I, I think the big problem is... They can get there. The, Jeff, they can totally get there. The Elijah. big problem is they're still just finding ways to lose these games. If you just look at the box score, the stats, everything about that says Nebraska should have won this football game, yet Nebraska is still finding ways to lose just as they have the past three seasons can they turn the corner yes but nothing i've seen in the past three years tells me that these things are going to get cleaned up easily and i think that that's the big problem with what i'm seeing um but it's it's just a question of yeah. can well, they that finally may be, figure but it out? we just played the uh the fourth best team in the country and the 14th you know it's not we're not playing the sisters of the poor so we mm-hmm. you know we're just a whole lot closer i think scott Frost is, is on the verge of something really special obviously please find us a punter number one so yeah, kicking games rough, and it's it's you know you're paying the piper because it's not been emphasized or prioritized. Quite honestly, and not, now it is. Now it is, but you can't just flip the switch and expect your punting to be great. I mean, it's been an ongoing struggle, and I think you came in here thinking you're going to score 45 a game, so you, punting wouldn't matter because you weren't going to be kicking the ball. You've had to adapt and adjust. Well, Yes, I think I think Scott Frost has realized. I think he's he's uh, learned that he's going to have to coach a Big Ten team, so he slowed the game down and realized 
that's where the direction he needs to go, is my opinion. Jeff, thanks so much for the phone call, bud. Appreciate you tuning in. 466-377-6800-825-5865. Well, to play like a, a Big Ten team, I think you also need clean special teams. And, and, I mean, with the biggest roster in the Big Ten, what's stopping you if you had a special teams coach from just sending 50 guys over to a different practice field every single day and saying, go work on special teams, go make a, an impact on our team? If you have a special teams coach, you can do that. You can't do it without a special teams coach. No, and, and you I mean you have fifty guys that there's no way you can have all 170 guys running team in practice. Just go sit in another field and have them run kickoff time and time again. Uh, Ted emails in Schmidt. I want to go on record as predicting that three or four of the current O linemen are going to play in the NFL. Please keep in mind their ages. Also, Frost should get his full seven year contract. Period. He's showing two things. First incremental improvement second accountability well i am not here saying and jumping up and down that it's time to move on Uh, we've heard callers that are frustrated we've heard folks that can't believe that they found another way to lose the football game but no uh they have gotten better it's just are you gonna stay patient and it's really just flat-out maddening in a line open at 800-825-5865 the way they lose football games. And and you've got Adrian, and he's playing his butt off. you got Ramir Johnson that is good, and you're maybe going to go against a Pat Fitzgerald team on Saturday under the lights with a true freshman at left tackle and an injured, uh, well, don't know how injured, but a dinged, uh, new right tackle. You got to do something different. Totally get it. But are you going to get a better or different result, or is it going to be the same thing or worse? Because these guys haven't haven't been facing live bullets. I do think the O line can get better, but I do think there's a big big time disconnect with what the OC slash head coach want to do versus what your linemen are capable of doing schematically. Who's on? Yeah, we got John on the line. And I, this is turning into like a 48 hours later real reaction show. Loving all the calls we're getting coming. No, it's good. You can email Chris at AleVarsity.com. can also tweet in uh, at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence. John, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Hi, guys. Say, uh, Chris, I was wondering if they could just, if Scott doesn't win six games, if they could make some accountability through his salary. Go Harbaugh on him? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. And then I, I think we sort of have to be somewhat concerned about Adrian uh, going into the transfer portal if we don't get the offensive line together. I think he wants to be able to showcase his uh, abilities a little more in his last season. So that's all I have. Hey, John, thanks for Thank calling, you. bud. Appreciate you, you checking in. Yeah, that's that's a little bit further down the discussion, isn't it, as far as Adrian and, you know, what, what a year five could be? I mean, I'd say this. Russell Wilson got sure as hell sick and tired of running for his life at NC State, and then he went to Wisconsin and <laughs> went incredible. Uh so I, that, that's, that's, a, that's a different conversation for a different day. Yeah, I mean, he, but, he could grad transfer. Uh, yeah. He has graduated, but also the transfer rules doesn't matter anymore. You get your one free transfer anyway. No, I know. I just, I, I, 
if I'm a Nebraska fan, I pray that doesn't happen. Just because he has been in, he's been big time this year. Chris, thanks for calling. Welcome in. Go ahead. Hey guys. Well, yeah, we're we're definitely a one-legged stool. The offense doesn't score points. Hasn't for four years. All the flash and all that doesn't end up ever accomplishing much. They don't score points. Haven't for four years um, against decent opponents. Of course, they score you know fifty mm-hmm. against Bethune Cookman and you know Fordham. But uh, when it comes to real football teams, they don't score. They look good, don't score um, up and down the field. And then uh, you know the special teams are just a disaster. But I think the problem is Austin. Last year we had a horrible line too. Of course, a couple of them are in the pros, and two or three of these guys are going to probably end up in the pros, especially Jurgens. So last year we effectively had three or four pro linemen, and they still couldn't block. Um, and and we're having the same issues year in and year out. Uh, and I, you know, Austin's got to go. I mean, remember a few years ago when Wisconsin said, "Oh man, you're gone," and they just cut their offensive line coach in the middle of the year, like game uh, two after Oregon State. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Um, I don't. I'm not ready to go there with Austin being the problem. And let hear me out on that. I think the kids a really want to play for him. B, it's it's a it's a guy that connects with him and recruited them. So I think they'll they'll get through it together. And and C, I think honestly, it's it's a situation of from a scheme standpoint. Can you be? Flash and dash and in in Oregon esque with uh, an offensive lineman body type that's got to win and, and win in the trenches. You're not you're not firing off. We're not seeing guard guards do pull. Okay, but my point is is it's still it, it's not you, you have linemen the size of Iowa and Wisconsin dudes and they run more of a pro style. Right, they can hand it off out of the shotgun, but when push comes to shove, they're they're still downhill run i don't know that nebraska is completely downhill at least they're they're not doing it yeah and i there's well, one play they ran well last week there, there's one play i think of is this play on an option where turner corcoran had to come under his defensive end and come back outside to get the linebacker it's so hard to do that 320 pounds maybe if you're at army it'll be good chris thanks for the call more of your calls open phones here charlie mcbride coaches pacing i know he is 20 minutes away with coach and now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Open phones uh, till five, and, and after Coach McBride, we had a chance to sit down with uh, Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich. Uh, possibly uh, they'll be heard next hour, but still want to hear from you. Four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. We're just splitting hairs between coaching. Uh, and, of course, uh, the accountability as a player, the execution side, and that's that double to two-way street. And You've had car crashes here uh, the last couple of games with with guys doing their job and then also some of the, uh, the, the putting the kids in best position to succeed. And we were sitting next to each other, Elijah, overtime, and, and we're all losing our mind. It's third and three and you're throwing the football interception pretty much game over when Adrian make them stop you on a third and three run pass option versus a slant route. You know what play has been consistently getting the Huskers two, three yards, and that's all you need. You don't need to get the four down down. territory in overtime. 
get yourself two, three yards, get it close to the first down or get a first down with that quarterback power they've been running so well this year. Bring in the double tight, bring in Prohashka as an extra offensive lineman, uh, and let your running back be your lead blocker. Adrian's been doing a great job of finding the hole, getting the first down. Uh, he did it against Oklahoma down the goal line. I, I really trust him to go get one, two, three yards in that situation, at least get you into a fourth and pretty easy. Um, or you're in third and short Bring in the guy we haven't seen all year in Jacquez yet, who's 250 pounds and an absolute tank to try to bring down. Like, uh, I'm a little confused with the play call, but get, getting back to our, our conversation that we used to finish last segment with Greg Austin, um, I don't think it's time. The, the trendy thing to say has been it's time to fire Greg Austin, but we ran the ball with relative success uh, at times against Michigan State. Uh, I think the real... T- the real question is how much development does this offensive line make from game one to game 12? If it's not much, maybe it's time to let the offensive line coach go. But if he can get this offensive line working better as the year goes on, it doesn't have to be a, a top three offensive line in the Big Ten. But if he gets it running better, you keep him. Both tackles. And, and I mean, we're talking Adrian was was just hammered by a four, four-man rush on 25 of 44 dropbacks. The front four of Michigan State produced 28 pressures. That's nuts, but it's been par for the course because this O-line's not – the tackles, they, they just aren't able to, to get out. And listen, Corcoran, in his defense, never got camp because he was dinged, so he's out there. Either it's your fault for putting him out there if he ain't ready mm-hmm. or you don't have anyone behind you that's been developed. That is coaching. That is. Uh, but there's also a reality where, okay, Banks did start against Illinois. It wasn't Con- Corcoran. And and didn't go well for, for Banks. But you got to coach him back up. And I think I think Greg's trying to do that. But again, uh, you got to have an identity. You got to have something you're great at. And you can't over or outthink yourself on a third and three in overtime. You can't say no fear of failure and then not go for the win at the end of regulation. Get into field goal range. Uh, Brian's on the line. Brian, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. uh, A couple things. I'll start with the positive. As frustrating as it is for some to hear this and for me to say it is, no question Nebraska has gotten better. They look better, just physically look better. All that being said, I think the real frustrating thing is you look at this season, and they are literally five, six plays away from being undefeated, which is crazy. Once you five and zero in the top ten, probably. Yeah. The other thing I would say, though, with respect to the offensive line, it's it. In my opinion, it, it, they've got two issues they really got to address from here going forward. Because as you mentioned, Adrian got hit a ton against Michigan State, and let's be. You know, let's just be blunt about it. He's been running for his life a lot this year. If the problems continue with respect to the development, and and some of it is also play calling, too, because you have to adjust to who you have in there. Yeah, we're playing the roulette wheel here with Adrian not getting hurt. He's been hurt in the past. If he keeps taking these kinds of hits, and we still got Ohio State, we still got Wisconsin defense, Michigan defense, Iowa defense, it's going to be a minor miracle he's going to make it through the season. And goodness knows what our offense would look like look like without Adrian. So my point is, they really got a, you know some difficult decisions. They got to work through in terms of who they're going to have on the offensive line. And Schmitty, in terms of what you said, hang on your hat on something you can do well without without getting uh, Adrian demolished uh, doing it. 
Hey, appreciate the phone call, Brian. And when we talk about what what can you do well, <laughs> I love Omar Manning as as a as a target as somebody they want to get the football to. They they tried to find him. He had four targets. Okay, as much as we blast the swing pass. Uh, the RPO has not been good either. Where they're trying to pull the Auburn play, right? Where they can they can throw the football to the side, and and Omar got smoked and fumbled it, and it had worked a little bit with 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 Wyatt earlier, but then they throw Omar back there. Maybe they practiced it, or maybe it was like, oh, uh, here's Omar Manning. Better get him the football, and. Meanwhile, it's it's been working okay for you with with two ray. Two rays ran that, right? Or you're running a little option. I, I just don't get again you can't be a, a, a coach that's given. You you know what he's gonna run. That's fine, man. Is as far as I'm concerned, even if they know what the hell you're running, make them stop you. And to me, that's that's been an issue. Sometimes you get too cute on offense. You can't be predictable. Sometimes you get too cute or you try and wrinkle it up with different personnel. You've got a, a slew of weapons, Elijah, um, at hand for you to use. But sometimes it's okay to just go with what's been working and make the other team stop you. Uh, who's with us? John? John's with us. John, go ahead. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, this might be kind of an unpopular opinion. So I apologize in advance. I love your show, though. I love listening to we it. We want to hear the unpopular opinions. Okay. So I, I am beyond annoyed with uh, so many Husker fans that are, are saying, fire the coaches, fire the coaches, fire the coaches. And I, I understand the results, and that's, that's an easy thing to do. But, you know, all of these guys have grown up and had stellar, most of them, stellar careers playing under outstanding coaches. They study this 24-7 for years and years and years, and, 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 we, and we have people that think that they can evaluate the coaching. We got out-coached or we're coaching poorly. I, I just don't get it. I, I think it's... John, it's let me ask you, what's, what's your take on the final t- three minutes after they tie the score? Do you go for the win, or did, or did Nebraska uh, do the right thing right to, to play for time? overtime? No, play for right overtime. Before overtime. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what. Given given the situation, I could, I could have gone either way with it. I, I have, that's the decent argument you can make. My thought on it was, given the amount of pressures that we're giving up, and the fact that we got to get the ball downfield, I think we're just as likely. Well, I don't know about just as likely. You're but playing with fire, it's aren't a you? Possibility to get a strip sack <laughs> and have something terrible happen right before half, which would have been. Uh, that would have been awful. And, so and, they played it safe, and I'm okay with that. I'm now, okay with that. I'll add to this, Michigan State would have had to go 25 yards in overtime to get a touchdown, and they only went 17 yards the entire second half. Based on how you played that second half, I think it makes sense to think that you can go win that overtime period. And, and again, yeah. you're afraid to do it. John, appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for your take on this. We'll wind down hour one. More room for you at 466-3776 or 800 and now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. What about this first hour? Charlie McBride coming up. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. 
What's Mr. Blackshirt think of the defensive performance against Sparty? What's he think moving forward with the offensive line? We'll get coaches taking more of your calls and thoughts uh, in hour two. Get in line at 466-377-6800-825-5865. Can email chris at hailvarsity.com. Follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. Defense, elite, offense, not scoring enough points. And uh, you're playing musical kickers. They're fragile beings in some instances anyway. And uh, it's been problematic for Nebraska. Elijah, you've got some some numbers here, brother. Um uh, when it comes to uh, red zone, because that's the other part of this. Nebraska's been good except for the finish. Yeah, and we had Scott call in during the break and just say, if uh, if it wasn't for our red zone offense, we wouldn't be talking about that punt right now because we'd be up by a lot more points. And he's right. Nebraska, 198 yards per game on the ground, 38th in the country, 275 a game through the air, 36th in the country. 474 yards a game, which is third in the conference, 25th nationally, yet only 27 points a game, which is 79th in the country. And it comes down to your 79% efficiency in the red zone, which is 92nd in the country. Yeah, there's 24 24 trips to the red zone. You've scored on 19, 14 touchdowns, uh, 12 rushing, 2 throwing, and then you... uh, have uh, knocked it, your five for eight on field goals. Well, it's it's things like untimely sacks. It's things like, I mean, look at Adrian in, in overtime trying to do too much and make a throw that he probably shouldn't make. But it, they it, shouldn't have called a slant route on third and three. Get him out of the pocket, run pass option. Well, what Let is, someone try and make an, a one-on-one tackle. What is the defense going to be expecting on third and three in overtime? Probably that, but you still got to tackle it. Oh, no, no, I'm saying they're, they're, if once you drop back to pass, they're not going to be expecting a route, that goes, a route that goes more than five yards downfield. As soon as they see him break in on that, they're never expecting him to break that thing off and go sluggo to the end zone. They're going to be breaking on it. It's, it's predictable play calling. I'll say this, though. Nebraska, with their play calling, with their first down, uh, play calling. They, they did throw the football and they threw the football with success. And there were some completions. It didn't help that Betts was out uh, in the second half. You had tight ends running open. And I'll say this as well with uh, with Nebraska's offense: the 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 stop route to the sticks was was pretty good. There was good accuracy, but Adrian even. If he wanted to to have another second or two to find the wide open play to to Wyatt right in the end zone or Falk, he just he just didn't trust having enough time. Do we have time for this phone call? All right, uh, John's with us. John, go ahead. Hello, John. Did you drop? All right, call back if you want. Let's try line two and uh, check this out. Who's with us here? Chris. Go ahead. Um, yes, um, I wanted to point out for other fans a look at the last years. We have changed uh, coaches. This is our fifth coach in the last 20 years. Our fifth AD in the last 20 years. Our president and chancellor has changed multiple times over those 20 years also. You're talking and transition, uh, aren't you? Well, I'm talking that. Uh, I think Nebraska is a type of uh, type of school where consistency makes the biggest difference. 
in this administration all the way through with the coaches of the program that have been most consistent are the ones that have kept their coaches. We, we, kept I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. You're going to continue your thought. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get a reconnection with you because it's kind of a fried line. Hour two coming up with Charlie McBride on Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2, recapping Nebraska-Michigan State. Uh, a lot of therapy for you. Is, uh, we'll hear from Coach McBride in a moment. Chris, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Yeah, I, as I was going to say earlier, um, look at the last 20 years of Nebraska athletics, or football if you want to focus just on that. We are now on our fifth coach in the last 20 years. We're on our fifth different AD in the last 20 years. We have had multiple changes in presidents and chancellors at the University of Nebraska. And one of the things that makes Nebraska special is that we used to be really consistent. We didn't have lots of changes, and we were just kind of stayed the course. And I've always felt Nebraska is a type of school and institution where consistency will pay off in the long run. And I think if we make some kind of drastic knee-jerk move here at the end of the year, we're going to set us back another 30 more years before we even get back to what, you know, people would like to see again. Don't disagree with you. Uh, we're not, and I, I don't think you've heard it that way, but we're not saying change, 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 fire, right. fire, fire. No, I think you got to let these guys play it out, continue to, to, to work. This team is better. It needs to show up on Saturdays. And, and I think they can get there. I think they can win Saturday. I think they can beat Michigan. I think they can go beat Minnesota. All right? And then they go into a bye week. I mean, it's right. it's it's close, but they can't – who knows how many years off their life the Michigan States and the Oklahoma-type losses. And you've had 15 of them, okay? When it comes to one-score games, they've all kind of gone a certain sour way. Most of them have had some sort of right. weird, crazy finish or how did that happen or you were leading and then it was the, the, the rug was ripped out from under you. That's how they've gone down. It's not been a classic 24-21 defense, special teams, offense, all played at a B or B-plus level. There's been two to, one to two phases of the game that's always screwed the, the outcome pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just again comes back to that consistency. Let it let the people have time to develop their program, and then that consistency will come over that time. And you look at the schools like Alabama and other schools; they've kept the same coach, they kept everybody pretty much the same, and they can be consistent over the last you know decade. You know, they've, they've been they've been recruiting at an insane level, and they've developed with that high level recruiting. Chris, thanks for listening. Thanks for the phone call. Let's get to Coach McBride here in a moment. I just want to add on to, this, Varsity. to this really fast. Whenever you look at this, it's not like the trajectory of the program is moving downwards. You, I don't think you can fire your coaching staff because you're impatient with the results. I mean, Nebraska looks better than they did last year. They look better than they did two years ago. The trajectory of the, the program defense. still looks to be moving up. Just because the program isn't where you want after year four does not mean that it's time to fire whenever the trajectory is still moving in the correct direction. I mean, we saw under Mike Riley, the trajectory was moving down. Mm-hmm. So we moved on, cut ties, moved on to somebody else. With Bo Pliny, the trajectory become flat. 
uh, wasn't moving up, was it the right decision to fire him? Uh, at, at the time, a lot of people were saying yes. Now it looks like no. But you can see the trajectory stopped moving in an upwards direction under Bo Pelini. He had plateaued. So if, if Scott Frost still has this thing moving in the right direction, which I think most Husker fans still believe it to be despite the mistakes, it still looks like there's a better team on the football field. You can't be firing whenever the trajectory is moving in the right direction. You, you just what, what you can't figure out or can't understand is why does it have to be so hard? Why does it have to be so hard uh, to have competent, competent special teams play? Why does it have to be so hard to have uh, an offensive line up to snuff? And there's youth, but we talked to Dr. Rob last week. At some point, you got to grow up. And again, I, I go back to what are you trying to accomplish on offense and what can you get done? So... This is uh, an email in from Adam, and he asked the question, is Frost doing too much as a head coach? Seems like he needs to pass out uh, play calling off to an OC so he can be free to make adjustments during the game. Uh, We are a little bit tardy getting to him, but excited to talk with Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride. Coach, a whole lot of Nebraska fans upset or frustrated about Saturday what did you think of the overtime loss? Well, it's you know you know the the hard part about it is even though you know I've been away from coaching and away from the university, mm-hmm. I'm catching as much gas here as anybody. <laughs> anybody is. You know, it's, I mean they're they're uh, calling from all over, <laughs> but that. Uh, no, we had, they actually had a pretty good weekend. We had Debbie's brother and uh, and his wife here, <laughs> and then her, her um, uh, two actually two of her brothers were here, and one of them brought his wife, and the other one's not married. But we had a good time and um, just dropped the last one off. But the thing that I think that you know with me is is I I listen to the Big Ten Network, uh, you know, usually the day after the games are played and. You know, for the last three years, it, it you know it's been the same story. Um, it, but what happened today was a little bit more. You know, it kind of upset me pretty good, is because they uh, they asked what. In, in other words, they talked about everybody, and finally they said, "Well, what about Nebraska?" And the guy, one of the guys that was supposed to break the team down, says, "Well, penalties." penalties, bad plays, bad plays, bad plays, and bad special teams. And he said their still offensive line hasn't improved, and I'm going on and on and on. But their defense has really gotten a lot better, and, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the thing is, is with I think, I think the thing is a lot of times, <laughs> one of them made a point today, too, I thought that was good because I, I agree with it. it the players themselves have to be making the decision what how, what they want to have. I mean, I've always believed that in the locker room. Uh, a lot of times coaches keep harping on the same thing over and over and over again, and it's not a good idea, I don't think. Um, I know that they're tired of this and tired of that, and everybody else is too, but the players themselves got to get in the huddle and, and say, hey, look at guys, we got to, it's us, not anybody else. And and I, you know, if I was a coach, and I wouldn't say a thing about mistakes. I mean, uh, you know, penalties, mistakes. I wouldn't say anything about it. I just go practice and try to get better. Mm-hmm. 
and let it go, you know, and let them make the decisions. And uh, I think you're gonna, I think I think they'll come out of it. Once it comes out of it, it's it's over. But again, we use this anytime somebody tells me that well they're young guys and they're this and that. That that's that's really a bad excuse, mm-hmm. you know. Because they go through spring ball, they go through preseason, they go through all those things, and the mistakes that they're making, you know, are things that should have been taken care of before the season even started. And um, so, you know, you can after a while you go so far, and then you go to another end of it, and I don't want to get into that. But no, um, I get you, I get you. <laughs> Charlie McBride's with us, Coach. A, a quick thought on. Because you coached, and you coached some greats on the offensive line before you went to defense. And, mm-hmm. the, you know, everything's open for competition, which means you could see a, a true, true, true freshman at, at left tackle. You could see a guy move from left tackle to right tackle Saturday against Northwestern. You could see a shakeup at guard. And I'm all right. If you have better options or you're going to try something new, I'm all for it, but it's not exactly going with folks that are gray in the beard. You're going younger, and I guess my question here is, you've got these linemen that are just just mammoth folks, and I think Scott still has a lot of Oregon in him. I mean, is it square peg, round hole? Is this scheme and the personnel not matching up? No, I, I, I don't believe in what, in, um, you know, recruiting for size. I'm recruiting for football players. Gotcha. You know, I think, I, think you, I think you make a huge mistake. One of the things is, is when you get a big, tall guy, especially out of tackle, and he is young, he, number one, you'll notice they can't bend their knees. They don't, they don't know how to bend their knees. They can't. And, and when you can't, you can't move your feet sideways. You can't do a lot of things. And what's happening is a lot of times it's like they get underneath you mm-hmm. because you're so high and you look like you're on a pair of roller skates. And like I said, after the game, I think they're going to have to go get some new roller skates because those are worn out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's, that's the, that's the thing. And I, and, you know, if you want to put some big dudes in there, put them in a guard, you know, and put your best athletes at tackle, the guys that can move, the guys that have balance, the guys that have explosiveness, that can change direction. And and young people have to develop. That's that's the one thing, and especially especially bigger people. You know, it takes them a little longer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, you know, when they move move people around, a lot of times it has to do with toughness. And it has to do with guys that are just plain, you know, going to get after you. And that's that. That's how you play this game. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's a game of emotion. It's a game of, uh, you know, it's 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 a game of strength. And and as you know, a lot of these guys aren't as strong as they're going to be, and stuff like that. But it doesn't have anything to do with making mistakes. It Charlie. doesn't have anything to do with the brain part of it. <laughs> no, I get you. Coach, a thought with um, special teams, the, the the punt return. You've had musical punters going on. And, you know, Scott's been spending time with the special teams unit and the offensive line. I don't know how often that's happened, but it's happening this week. Uh, overall, special teams, I mean, 
it came up again to bite you, and it just doesn't feel like sure. you can't flip the switch and, and all of a sudden make it an emphasis. I mean, you're trying to, but you know you've had a long time to try and make special teams an emphasis, you, you, and you, it's not big. You, you, right, you go ask a kid what he thinks about before the game. What what are you thinking about? What are you you know thinking about? You know what's gonna, you know what they're going to say. About eighty percent of them are. I'm worried about making mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to say. I mean, I've already asked them. I've gone through through things like this and to to stop it. I mean, don't look at. Don't think about this. This is a game. Play the game. Have some fun. If you don't, if you can't remember the snap count, use your peripheral vision and look at the ball. I mean, yeah. you know that's not a big secret. That's not anything hard. But you've got to get off the ball, and you have to take away at least 50% of the neutral zone or you're going to get beat or it's going to be a stalemate. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to come off the ball, then do what I did. Go get a baseball bat or go get a stick with a nail in it and swing it a little bit and see if they'll get off the ball then or they'll have some problems. The old motivator. <laughs> well, you don't do it, but, you, you know, you, <laughs> it's it's, a it's, that's, a, that's kind of an exaggeration a little bit. Of that's what. a classic football coach's <laughs> quote, though. But, but he had it. I mean, do you still have the motivator? Do you still have the 2x4 uh, oh, with the nail? I brought it out. When I first brought it out, there were, there were big eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, my coach back in high school had the, had the cattle prod. Okay, well, <laughs> Coach McBride had the, the motivator uh, or the attitude adjuster or one of the two, whatever it was named. It was, it was infamous. What, uh, what did you think of the defensive performance, though? I mean, is that as good as uh, a they, defensive well, play they, you've they, seen? They, they're, yeah, they're, play, they're starting to play like they, you know, like they should. You know, it's, uh, it's a matter of, you know, a lot of times some guy says, well, the scheme isn't very good or this isn't very Listen, it's how they play the game. You know, you could line up and anywhere you want, let's go play. You know what I'm saying? And if you have the heart and you want to go get somebody, you're going to do it. And if you want, you, you, you know, one of the things that's really funny is I, I was at a clinic and, and uh, uh, one, one of, this was when I was really young. And, and um, you know, the coach that was doing the clinic, he was a well-known defensive line coach at the time. And he, he said, what are the, what's, what's the strongest thing a guy, a defensive lineman needs? And, of course, everybody's saying, oh, bench press, upper body stink, all this stuff. He said, no, your hands. Mm-hmm. He said, if you can't use your hands, you can't play defense. And, and your strength of your hands and the ability to get your hands on people and get rid of them and get throw them and do things with them, you know, the strength is part of it. But the thing is, is you've got to use your hands. Uh, in so many ways, when you're playing in the defensive line, especially, and um, you know, so those things are, you know, I think those things are just little things, but it's something that's important. And if you go, you go, I, uh, Bill Burnett's a good example. Here, how old is he? Fifty something. He's still got a hand thing in his truck. He's squeezing it all the time. I mean, I mean, these kids got silly putty. They're squeezing it. They're doing all kinds of stuff, and some of them are still doing it. You know, I mean, build that, like, build that strength. Nuts? Charlie McBride's with us, coach. Real quick, what do you think of Saturday? Does Nebraska bounce back? Two tough losses in a row. Do they do they get in the win column Saturday? 
<laughs> well, I'd like to see the kids get together in the locker room by themselves and, you know, without the coaches harping on something or something else and make them, and decide what they want to do. And, they, and I'll, I'll promise you, the older guys are good leaders. You've got some good leaders there. And I think that, that, that they'll do it. And I, and I really think that, you know, we, the quarterback needs to just relax. I mean, a little more. I think he's trying so hard that sometimes it backfires. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's sad sometimes when you, you know, when that kind of thing happens and it happens again and it happens again. And whether it's a fumble or whether it's an interception or whatever it is, you know, it's pretty sad. But, but I think they're going to, I think, you know, the defense, the offense has to help the defense yeah. and vice versa. Count no matter how you do it, if the offense isn't doing good, the defense, it's their responsibility that they got to do the job. Coach, we'll talk next Monday, hopefully after a win. How's that sound? Okay, that'll be good. <laughs> that'll fire me up, too. That'll be good. Coach, good to spend time. Okay. Thanks for uh, for your time okay. tonight. Yep, thank you. Bye now. <laughs> and we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Awesome to hear from Coach McBride. Great to be with you on a Monday Tale of Our City, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll get to some of your tweets. We'll get to your emails. We'll get to more of your calls. Open phones as long as you want to go. Uh, and you can dial us up at 800-825-5865 or 466-3776. So as you walk away from Michigan State, are you at wit's end? That's as bad as Purdue, maybe worse. That's as bad as Northwestern in 18. You can categorize a, a lot of tough ball games, tough losses, missed opportunities, uh, throws that you want back or didn't make, uh, play calls you want back that, that were made. And what you don't want back, though, is that defensive effort and how amazing they were. Uh, and how locked in they were. I mean, it, listen, you're a Nebraska football fan. You love watching incredible defense. You love watching Smash Mouth. That's one beautiful thing about the Big Ten. And I tell you what, Coach Chin's kids were ready to go. We'll hear from from Luke Reimer and, uh, and, and Henrich here in a little bit. But we were sitting there watching the game, Elijah, and it was just like, man, they can, they can throw a, a complete game, so to speak, with, with what they were doing. And then it's special teams. So, listen, everyone's on high alert. you got the offensive line that could get shaken up. We'll hear from Frost on that. You've got special teams that are having a, a come-to-Jesus meeting this morning. Monday meetings suck anyway in the morning, let alone if you're the unit and you you're, you got both kickers that need to do their job. And I also worry about the locker room. I do. And, I, and I'm not trying to stir a meth lab explosion here. I'm being legit because – the the frustration and intensity and just how tense it is if you're if you're a defensive lineman or you're part of that secondary or you're a super senior and all you're asking is for your offense to go score some freaking points and all you're asking for is people to do their job yeah, do- on special teams and then big picture Elijah it's it's also coaching and what's the sign that the pirate has in his office you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. And there's a lot of things that have allowed to happen in three and a half years or dating back pre three and a half years that uh, it is. And Coach McBride hit on it. It's culture and it's going to be the kids. 
that actually take the bull by the horn here and fix for Saturday and beyond? Well, it comes down to to what does your locker room do here? Do they step up and be good leaders and, and make sure that those guys that aren't doing their job are being held accountable? Uh, and can they do that in a way that benefits the team or are they going to do that in a way that hurts the team? This is You've been preaching for, what, the past two years about leadership and how you think the leadership in the locker room is getting better. What's time for that locker room to show that their leadership has been getting better? You don't accept mistakes. You don't accept a guy not doing their job to the fullest of their ability. When you're a defense going out there holding an offense to 17, point, or 17 yards in a second half and the the offense can't do enough to go ice this game you've done your job as a defense and it can be hard to look somebody in the offense in the eyes uh, after that after they have gone and, and blown this game for you it can be hard to go look your special teams in the eyes whenever you have put your body on the line and you have been let down by other guys on your team not doing the job it's it's really as simple as um you're not getting the job done you need to move and the other thing that's been frustrating and it's been brought up all right, DeAndre Thomas spikes said quarterback on third and seven. He gets benched. Okay, seven-yard punt. Will, come stand by me. Churney, you're in. Okay. But yet, you've, you now are to the point where it's, all right, we may play a freshman at left tackle on Saturday. All right, may play uh, Brand Banks at, at right tackle. Okay, you're to the point where you're finally going to be making moves. Why isn't it that way across the board consistently? It's been like, uh, okay, don't don't mess with the O line because they're young, and demoter make changes. You did it guard. You did it left guard, right? Piper wasn't playing well, and here came Hickson, and then you're rotating Piper back in. Uh, Sichterman, stand up dude, good dude. He he has had some struggles, and listen, I can't do what they do. They're they're phenomenal athletes. They're high level football players. They're playing against elite competition. Okay, so radio asthma boy has no room to, to throw stones. I'm not doing that. I'm just talking in general, where guys aren't getting it done. But finally, now there's some accountability where they're going to make changes. By the, by the position coach, by the head coach. Let's not say you're throwing stones here. Your job is to call, call it, like, it like, you, like I see to it. To call right. it like you see it, and their job is to go in there and block some people. Period. John's with us on the line. John, thanks for hanging on. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Um, you know, um, I've been a Nebraska fan going to games for over 74 right. Where, years. What, what, John, what, what's, your, what's your take here, bud? Well, my take is this. I had to wait during the 40s, 50s, and 60s through bad times and I get a little bit tired of seeing these mealy-mouthed people complain and complain. Let them wait 25 years until you got Bob Devaney there. And I'm just saying, if you don't like it, don't say anything. Just don't go to the games. I'm saying I'm sticking with Scott Frost for the five years. And to say that we're going to cut his salary back, that's just Bush League. We need to step up as fans, say we're not happy, but we're going to stand by the contract and we're going to support the team, and I hope we go to the games. That's what I hope. I don't like to see these people whining after 30 years. 30 years is nothing. I have 74 years. John, you've, done, you've just, done a lot of time with some bad football is what you're saying cumulatively. Yeah, and stick with them. I think Scott can do the job. It's just not gelling right now. And what everybody else said was right on the line. And you spell it out all the time. That's why I listen to you. You get right to the heart of it. And, but I'm just saying, be patient and support the team. 
John, that's all I'm saying. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Nope, John's been going to, to ball games for a long, long time. And, and after today, I'm not worried about fan apathy. I'm not worried about the fans turning their backs on Frost. You heard how many people called in today and gave their thoughts, gave their opinions. Oh, they're pissed, but they, they also realize that, man, it's... It's, it's close. But, uh, but it's I, too, I, too close in a row. And what's maddening is how you find ways to botch it. Yeah, and I, I said on the, <laughs> on the post-game reaction show, I said the, the talent on this roster is good enough to go 9-3, and three, not in a normal, against this schedule. You, you have out-talented at least four of the teams you have played in your first five games, and you there's, just a, there's an argument your, you out-talented all five. You just got to get your crap together. You've got to get your crap together for 60 minutes from from an, an administrative and coaching standpoint to get the kids in position and then game plan what they can do what you and, and a lot of it's projecting it's not an exact science here's what we think you guys can do here's how we're going to attack x y and z go after it but man oh man you've seen the defense just grow in confidence you've seen the defense grow in belief and you've seen them get developed as well Got to happen on the other side of the football. You can't go into any more games losing two of the three phases. And and you've lost a lot of ball games because one phase has failed you. And one phase has been not great, but serviceable. You can win 17 to 14 ball games in the Big Ten in 2020 or 2021 or 2019. And, and you've gotten a little more... A little more rough. The, the you roll off- your sleeves up. You're, you're going heavy with the offensive line with two tight ends or an extra tackle. And, and I'll say the offense has been good enough to win you four of the five games this year. I don't think it was good enough against Illinois, but you were still in that game. Uh, I don't think the offense was good enough to go win that game, but Nebraska still could have won the game. But in the other four games, the offense did enough to go win the football game for Special you. Special teams has cost you 30 points this year, period. Safety, scoop and score, uh, punt return, Missed field goals. There's 30 left on the field on top of Michigan State started every freaking drive. It felt like, aside from one or two in the initial part of the game at the 25, they were at the 40 or better. You're getting a kickoff return. You're getting a punt return. Or there's a turnover. They're taking over at midfield. Uh, Rob emails in uh, Schmitty Good Show. With the measurables of this offensive line, why the hell can't they just commit to running the football? Get these guys downhill, pushing. That's what they're built to do. I'm tired of zone blocking. We had Sparty's defense on the field the entire second half. We shouldn't be imp- uh, we should be imposing our will on them, yet we think we have to throw the ball. Just keep chipping away at it until it starts to pop some runs, then hit him with some play action. Play calling gets too cute at times, in my opinion. Martinez can't get sacked if we run the damn ball. Rob, president and founder of the Run the Damn Football. Kevin emails in. Saturday sucked. The most important question in, how were the pork chops? Did you make the right call versus the ribs? Elijah? Yes, yes. Yes, all, I've never had a pork chop that thick cooked that well. It was it was incredible, phenomenal okay. pork chop. So the old bay is is the dirty little secret. Well, it was just it was. Pr- I never had a pork chop that like I was like, man, this is just as good, if not better, than a steak. Like it was money. Thank you. 
Your mac and cheese was money, too. Yeah, I still can't believe Will Wilson doesn't like mac and cheese, but I've been eating that as leftovers at my house, and I've been loving it. So, uh, you, See, you were supposed to take some kebabs. I did. And, oh, you did? I did. I, I did not take a brat because I didn't have any buns at home. Okay. Well, we... Anywho. We'll move on from that. <laughs> yes. Uh, more from Kevin. Your point on Lyman, uh, we've recruited meshing with Frost's offense is... Uh, what offense Frost is trying is interesting. Uh, what were the size of the guys at Oregon? Think of, uh, is it Chris Long? Is that fair? Howie's kid? Yes. That was at Oregon. I look at it like the Oregon offensive line, and I think, to me, honestly, they they are Corcoran and, and Prohaska type from a, from a height, and they look like you're, they look like Austin Allen with a lot more meat on them, okay? But the guards, I mean, I, I think they're all tall guys, but in the Pac-12, it's it's basketball on grass, man. I mean, there's not, aside from Stanford, there's not just line up and hammer, hammer, hammer away. There's some big dudes and some heavy dudes. If you look at Washington and Washington State, some of the Samoan kids that, that uh, Leach and, and the University of Washington recruited. But a lot of times, Oregon was just kind of belt on being stealth, right? They were physical enough, but above all, they were just going to just destroy you with speed and you had no answer. And when push came to shove, uh, they would they would just be faster than you. So they didn't need a hammer and chisel to, to wear you down for four quarters. Uh, last thought from Kevin, speaking of meshing, your godly cigar radio voice just doesn't mess with your Station's meteorologist voice. <laughs> uh, do we have uh, another meteorological? Meteorological. At the end of the hour. At yeah. the end of the hour. All right, we'll see if it matches. And now. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Few minutes here, Hale Varsity Radio. Luke Reimer is with us, and uh, Luke, uh, I thought on Saturday night um, how you guys bounce back, and uh, just kind of the mentality here as you prep for another week. Uh, it was definitely a tough loss. Uh, definitely, everybody knew that we should have won that game, but uh, we just have to get back to work this week and just uh, get our minds right for uh, Northwestern. Who's helped you guys kind of get your minds right as you you try and bounce bounce back? I think it's just a collective group of the coaches and the players, especially like the coaches always preach like next week, like we got to move on and stuff. But I think the players have done a really good job on the defensive side of the ball, especially because I'm obviously with the defensive guys of just like, hey, like we played good, but it doesn't matter now. Like we have to go, we have to go win a game uh, against Northwestern now against a really good opponent. So like there's always just that next week mentality, and I. I think the players have done a really good job, offense and defense, obviously, of kind of moving on. You guys were extremely dialed in uh, to Michigan State and, and what they brought into that ball game with Walker and uh, what they wanted to do offensively. And, man, you guys played extremely fast. Uh, as you look back, at least to where we're at in the season now, did you think the defense could be as good as it's been? I always thought, like, coming into this season especially, like, we've had a lot of guys play a lot of snaps. Um, I 
thought we were going to be really good, but I and I think we're finally coming to that potential. Uh, the first couple of games, I thought we were pretty sloppy, honestly. But I think the past couple of games, um, especially at Michigan State, I think we're we're finally playing up to our potential. You're playing really fast and, and getting downhill, and really sure when it comes to tackling, and, and you're able to get off blocks. Uh, tell tell me a little bit about your kind of partnership with with Henrich and how you guys kind of patrol the middle. Mm-hmm. I I think me and him are playing at a playing at a high level too. And when Chris comes into, I think he's doing a really good job. Uh, but I, I think we play off of each other really well. Um, but like all it is is like we the, just the habits we form in practice and the the techniques we work in practice. Like it's showing up in the games. Like every every single game we we see a specific plays where it's like oh we do that indie drill every Monday. Like it's that sort of thing. So it, what we do in practice uh, comes out on the games. Luke Robert with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. A few minutes here as uh, we look towards Northwestern. Let's spend a minute on Coach Rude and uh, and, and his influence and uh, connection. I talked to Nick a little bit about him, and uh, he touched on the habits. And what have you been able to, to take from your position, Coach, and how has he helped up your game? Uh, I mean, yeah, j- just what uh, just to piggyback on what Nick said. Like he just stresses habits and uh, what you do on a daily basis is who you are. Um, so I think he's done a really good job of like kind of molding us um, since we've been freshmen of forming these good habits and uh, doing everything the right way um, so that's kind of how uh, me and Nick have been playing at a high level so far and hopefully hopefully we'll, uh, we will continue it just to, to form these habits and just to build on them. So where are you at as a, as a, as a player as a student from, from day one coming to Nebraska to now when it comes to where you started habit wise to now what you're you're locked into a Monday through Thursday. Yeah, it's it's a lot different. I mean, a lot of guys coming in here, 18, 19 years old, whatever, 17 even, uh, like they're they're just not very mature, and uh, they just don't. Like I was, I was the same way. I just wasn't. I just did not have the habits at all. I didn't know what it took to be a college player. Uh, so I've come a long ways, like in that on that aspect of everything of just forming the correct habits and doing what you need to do on a daily basis, Monday through. Monday through Friday, really, and then it's game day um, have changed a lot for me. Have you enjoyed, uh, I know the results have been frustrating, but have you enjoyed how the units played? Yeah, it's a lot of fun playing on uh, playing on Saturdays when we're just, when we're playing really well. Um, but in the end, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'd, I'd rather sit the bench and win than have 30 tackles and two interceptions again. Like, I just, I just want to win at this point. Uh, so it doesn't matter how good we're playing. If we're not winning, it, it doesn't matter. Luke, uh, a thought here uh, as we turn to Northwestern here. A uh, couple of different looks potentially at quarterback. Uh, what what do you anticipate from them? And then from a juice standpoint, are you worried about that from the team? No, I don't. I don't. I'm not worried about a uh, energy level uh, like let let down or something after after the Michigan State game. I think we're. I think we'll come out hot um, and ready to go, hungry to get a win. Um, but I, I, Northwestern does a really good job. They have a lot of good. Uh, they have a really good rushing attack. I think so. Uh, the, they'll be a, they'll be a really good challenge. But I'm looking forward to it. How much of a grind is it on your body physically in Big Ten play? Uh, pretty 
pretty uh pretty grinding um you uh you come in sundays try to get as much treatment as you can but then it's monday through wednesday it's kind of the kind of the work uh work week especially tuesday wednesday um and then after that it's just a race to recover and get your body right for saturday how much ball do you watch on sunday Honestly, not a lot. You uh, you do a lot more homework than anything. I mean, obviously you got you got some football on and stuff, but a lot of it is just you're watch you're watching a, a little bit of football and then a lot of homework, catching up on stuff you missed Saturday and Friday when you didn't have time to do it. A lot of folks in Lincoln enjoyed watching you at, at, at North Star uh, over the years uh, at Seacrest and around Class A. Uh, Taylor, let's go back for a little bit, just having a chance to have covered you mm-hmm. at North Star with coach waller and uh, just uh, your experience uh, when she came to lincoln and how it's kind of helped uh, propel you where you're at now um i mean coming into 11 man football i didn't i didn't know i didn't even know i was good at football coming from eight man football in kansas to 11 man so i i didn't know what to expect but they just kept putting me on the field so i was like okay well i guess i'm good i guess i'm good enough to play here uh so it was, it was kind of fun funny i just didn't know anything coming on to 11 man so i just went out there and played my hardest and got me here so what tell me about that transition you were telling me okay you didn't know anything but what did you have to do differently obviously three more people on each side of the football but with the numbers and the and the schemes and uh, the the strategy was it a tough transition it really wasn't honestly like it was just like I, I just wasn't expect like I didn't know what to expect coming from eight man to 11 man um, but once I finally got here like the transition like it was just football like it was just see the see the football go tackle the football and I mean obviously it's a little more complicated than that but when it, that's what it boils down to so once I got here the transition wasn't that wasn't that hard at all last thought here on, on coach Chenander bigger picture defensively uh, how's he been able to keep everyone even keel uh, with with some of the results uh, on, on your guys' side of the ball. How has he stepped forward leadership-wise for the defense? I think he's done a really good job of just like, like yeah, we're playing at a we're playing at a high level and stuff, but it, it, like we have to like that's what we're supposed to do. Um, like, and we're still not winning, so we have to find a way to win. Like that, that's what it, that's what it comes down to. Uh, but he's done a really good job of leading us and uh, putting us in really good positions to just play fast and physical and just fly around. Last thought, who are you closest to? Who are you um, from a chemistry standpoint on and off the field? Who do you uh, like spending time with? Because there's teammates that you, and friendships you make for life with this experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, we got a pretty good group of guys. Like, all the inside linebackers are pretty close. Um, I mean, probably probably Nick, honestly. Like, we, we were roommates uh, last year, and, like, we're, we're just always around each other and stuff so that's probably one of my one of my closer friends on the team so luke reimer with us luke thanks for the time thank you thank you miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio one final time, thanks to Ollie for chiming in, getting uh, some much-needed therapy from Saturday night. 
And we'll be back at it tomorrow. Jacob Padilla with us from Hale Varsity. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, and it's a Tuesday with Kaz. Of course, uh, Kaz's old uh, mate at Nebraska, Ross Ells, the, the dual safety look. So there's some question whether or not North, I should about call him Northwestern, <laughs> Uh, some question whether or not Michigan State signaled a fair catch on the punt return because he had a dual return set up back. If that's the case, then uh, there's no way to advance it. But I don't think they did that. We'll have to go back and check the video. And at this point, like, what's the? it's not like our, our return team stopped covering the punt because there was a fair catch signaled by the other returner. Like That didn't happen. It was just we went to the wrong side. They caught it. They returned it for a touchdown. It seems like a bit of a non-issue to me. No, I, like, I like, get like it. The issue becomes like if our if our coverage guys thought, oh, it's a fair catch. We're going to lay off this dude. We're not going to hit him. And then he takes it to the house and we got a problem. But mm-hmm. in this case, nobody on the field at the time thought that he was... They ran to it. the wrong dude. Yeah, nobody on the field thought it was a the fair wrong catch. wrong way. So... Let's see if the uh, the extra attention from the head coach pays off uh, with the offensive line, and uh, you know maybe maybe there's an Ezra Miller siding. I mean, guys are either going to keep their job and be better Saturday or not. So maybe they'll keep their job Monday through Thursday. But Elijah, if it's not any better, where you're, you you have a quick throw to start the ball game and you're sacked can't happen coach frost talked about that reminder about buckling up and speaking of buckling up you're going to need to do it because it is nebraska northwestern week it's going to be some sort of crazy finish and three-point ball game but 70 percent of people in fatal crashes in nebraska not wearing a seatbelt if used properly seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60 percent your best defense in any crash buckling up brought to you by the nebraska department of highway safety office Twitter, uh, we need to get to some of the tweets that came in. Uh, M. Urban uh, from Urban Cattle says, look, field goal kicking was good in the game this week. Our punting will be good. Uh, Nebraska will lose four games this year. Uh, I'd rather watch this year's football team than last year's football team. So, so M. Urban's like, look, th- there is improvement. They are getting better. I get it. I get it. It is the, the wins need to come. You heard the, the frustration in in Luke Reimer's voice. And then Elijah, you uh <laughs> Vic's been great. Vic uh, chimed in. Vic was great on the reaction show. He was good. But he's like, listen, first and foremost, if the tight end's open, why isn't the tight end the first read? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. And Vic's like, look, let's just not do any more dumbass stuff. I'm quoting Vic. Vic from Denver. He's yeah, right. I mean, yeah, that's 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 a big ask. That, that's the sentiment of, of much of Husker Nation. That I'd is say. a big ask. Check the podcast out. Uh, the Jay Moore interview is going to be posted also on uh, Facebook. We'll get it up on Twitter as well. Yeah, we'll do that. J- good stuff from Jay. Wonderful to hear from from Luke Reimer and of course Charlie McBride. Charlie was awesome as always, and great to get everyone's calls in today yeah, as well. A lot, lot, of, lot of great takes from the callers today. Yeah, appreciate you guys back at it tomorrow. We march towards Northwestern Week. Single Barrel, we want to see you there Friday, 4 to 6, a road show Friday. Single Barrel inside the graduate. Put that on the calendar. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity.